folks. Welcome back to the footyjumpers.com podcast. My name's Rob, and with me is my co-host, Lockie. Hello, everyone, and thanks for tuning in again to another Footy Jumpers podcast. So, quick recap again, as we always do. Last time we reached 1999, I believe, with just introduced Frio and Port, and with them and the 80s editions. Now, we've also seen them and the other clubs introducing away and pre-season jumpers to go with their home jumpers. So I think that's a good place to kick us off. The uh, turn of the yep. century, 2000, what a time. What's, uh, what has it brought us for the... Uh, yeah, what's it brought us? Well, well, yeah, well, I guess the first thing that happened was uh, the AFL changed to the AFL logo that we know and absolutely love. Uh, that we know today. Uh, so that was the, the AFL round footy logo with AFL written in it. Um, that was the first year they started using that. Uh, side note, this is also the beginning of marketing of the game as AFL, something that some people, myself included, uh, find, um, what would you call it? Um, um, I'm not happy with it. So, <laughs> yeah, I was I was trying to be polite, and the only words I were thinking of were not. So uh, yeah, it's it's uh, marketing the game as AFL, as well as one of the the high, the competition at the highest level, as well as the governing body. Calling them all the same name is a nonsense, but that's uh, that's another discussion for another day. So. But the AFL logo and the marketing of the game and so forth, the AFL came out in the year 2000. Uh, the other thing that we found was, oh, West Coast. Everybody wants to talk about the West Coast tri-panel yeah. and the Oka away jumper. I think I'm often drawn into conversations of what are the worst jumpers ever used. Uh, I think we touched on the Hawthorne Diamond jumper and... Uh, well, more recently, perhaps the Hawthorne Power Ranger sort of outfit. But the West Coast Eagles Ochre away jumper from 2000 is usually somewhere in the conversation. Uh, having said that, I know that there are quite a lot of people that absolutely love it. Uh, so that, I mean, look, to each his own, uh, you know. Yeah, I don't, I I know. Um, I don't mind it. I don't mind it. So there you go. You were... Uh, well, you know what? I, I remember when they first said they were bringing it out and they said it appealed to kids. I don't know how <laughs> they've actually gone and done that market research because uh, I don't think that they'd actually shown it to any kids, but apparently kids loved it. And uh, going back, you would have been a kid there that sort of thing. So um, reminds maybe, me of, um... maybe that was their... <laughs> it reminds me in primary school when you get word documents and you're playing around with like word art, you know, those fancy font styles right. from like the okay. early 2000s. Yeah. It's like messing around with font styles on a jumper. <laughs> well, it was, it was supposed to be the West Australian state coastline. Uh, so what we're actually going to do on the podcast page of this edition is I'm going to have uh, a, a West Australian state coastline map and uh, and also compare and contrast that to the eagle and the outline of the eagle uh i mean i oh, i can't see it i, I look <laughs> there's there's a vague shape realistically if you said the brisbane bears was a stylized map of queensland i'd say it's in a similar sort of vein it's a stylized map of western australia if you had to 
you know, mm. if you had to say it was that, well, okay, it was close. <laughs> I guess the other big thing that sort of came out of uh, this year or the very pa- early part of the 2000s, North wore their orange jumper, uh, orange, the telecom company, and it was happened to be orange. Oh, well, it was white, but, you know, it was their away jumper. But instead of blue, it was orange. Of course, given that they were playing Collingwood, they wore it with black shorts and socks, which makes a lot of sense. Mm. But, um, yeah, so that was probably the other main, well, it's certainly the early 2000s, that was the big deal. Yeah, right. But um, because that was a promotion jumper, is that right? Wasn't, um, I believe, was Carlton yeah. the ones who did the first promotion jumper? Was it the M&M? They did. Yes, they did. And that was, uh, well, we, uh, I think we mentioned this last time. We'll do an episode on promotion jumpers because it is a thing for itself. Um, but, yeah, they they had done that in 1997. Um, from, that was uh, Blue M- M&M's, and they wore that against Adelaide at Princess Park in 97. Mm. Yeah, right. So what's significant about the North Jumper then if Carlton had sort of done it three years beforehand, apart from it being orange right. orange on a blue team? So, yeah, so the main difference here is when Carlton did it, it was kind of like, well, you know, yeah, they... Like, even the Carlton supporters were like, well, yeah, but, you know, we made a lot of money from it. We made No one knows how much they were given. Like, there wasn't this, Carlton got this much, and we've got that much. Mm. But... The main difference with this one is that North A, they got paid by, I think they were called Hutchison Telecoms, which owned Orange or Vodafone were involved. Like all these companies, you know, I think that nowadays they've ended up selling it to France Telecom, but, you know, so they've, they've gone out of the Australian market. But um, not only did they get paid to wear their jumpers, they also sold those jumpers at auction and made probably just as much money or even more money by selling the jumpers, you know, to all of their supporters. And so given that AFL clubs are like uh, are like Frito in Idiocracy, they like money, they will... And so over the next few years, you've got St Kilda had their light start, uh, bright yellow jumpers. Uh, well, Geelong in 2001, they actually had a team of the century. So the idea of this now is to, they're not even getting money for the promotion, but they're, they're selling them at auction as a game-worn jumper and cashing in on the team of the century. This game, this jumper was worn by, you know, this player. Uh, the next year, the Bulldogs did a team of the century. Uh, Melbourne had a 1,000 games at the MCG. It's like they're almost inventing reasons to make up a jumper. Uh, West Coast Eagles had a 20-year celebration of the 2000... Sorry, of the... the hang on. A 10-year celebration of the 1992 premiers. They wore that in 2002. And then Port, uh, they had to play Collingwood. They didn't really have a, a clash jumper. M&Ms gave them money to wear their training jumpers, which the AFL had to get involved and approve. So they wore their teal green training jumpers against uh, Collingwood, and then M&M's gave them money for wearing that. The next year, Frio's got a purple haze jumper, which is about, you know, making all their supporters wear purple. Um, Richmond had a Jack Dyer jumper just after Jack Dyer died. 
then Sydney had a team of the century jumper. So it's like all these jumpers come about, you know, basically because North Melbourne have not only been paid a little bit of some money to wear the jumpers in the first place, but there's this extra stream of revenue because game-worn jumpers are worth money. Yeah, yeah. So, right. yeah. so that, that was the changing mindset is probably more the, the thing with these uh, versions of jumpers. Mm-hmm. It's interesting you got two teams with M&Ms as well. They must say. <laughs> it's pretty interesting Well, collab. M&Ms, I mean, they, they certainly, and, you know, realistically, you know, the whole world revolves around footy as far as a lot of us are concerned. And so M&Ms probably recognised that they had a fair bit of exposure from that Carlton jumper. Um, not all of it positive necessarily, <laughs> but it was, you know, all publicity is good publicity, I guess. Yeah. And so they were the ones that put their hand up and, um, yeah, gave more money to Port Adelaide to wear the clash jumper. Yeah. I, I don't know what the dollar values, you know, that they got, but, yeah, realistically, oh, yeah. it's probably not huge money in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, probably not, especially in <laughs> drop in the ocean for M&Ms at the time. Um so, oh, well. <laughs> with the um the two thousand and one St Kilda Light Star jumper, did they adopt this yeah. as their clash jumper going forwards? They did indeed. They did indeed. Good I job. Think I remember seeing so that. Yeah. what happened was yeah. So well, I think we talked about um, Rod Butters as the new St Kilda president. He comes in and he says the the Saints jumpers need to go back to the old black, white, and red panels, which you know, they still wear today, uh, because they've been wearing the Crusader red with a black cross and a white section. So the, the light start jumper was basically, instead of red, it was this bright yellow, the cup. Now, Pura Milk was the sponsor of St Kilda, and so they sort of honed in on one brand, which was um, Pura Light Start. And so, that, so they made this bright yellow jumper, and then they started wearing that as their clash jumper. So it was now yellow with uh, they actually added a bit of red to it here and there so it was yellow black white and red it um also features in some of the ugliest jumpers of all time <laughs> conversations and and probably fair enough but yeah so 2003 they started wearing that as a clash jumper and then uh well something we will get to but then they started wearing one of their older designs uh, that they'd had in Heritage Round, they started wearing that as their clash jumper thereafter. Mm-mm. It's pretty interesting to see, like, with the big companies and the commercialisation of how extreme the colours are changing. Like, we see a bright yellow jumper from St Kilda who wears red, black and white. We see orange for a team that wears blue and, and red and white. It's really just... Uh, yeah. It's crazy to think, isn't it? This has come from nowhere, then all of a sudden they've just gone bonkers, just taken up any commercial oh, yeah, response they can well, find. Yeah, well, that's that's probably the the thing that you can do now. Um, you know, by this time, realistically, by two thousand, all of the jumpers are completely sublimated, which means effectively it means they're printed. Um, sublimation is a is a process where you're turning a dye into a gas, let, like getting it into the material, then cooling it down becomes liquid again or becomes a solid again, but now it's in the material. And so, so it's effectively a, a type of printing. And so you can print anything. You can print AFL logos, sponsor logos, numbers. Um, you do all of this stuff by 
getting in the die, steaming it into the jumper and um, pressing it and then cooling it down. And now it's inside the, the die is inside the material. So yeah, you can do whatever you like. Um, you know, I guess some of that means you can do little different things to differentiate yourselves, which uh, the AFL allowed for a few years there, probably from the late 90s with some of the manufacturers right up until 2006. And so we'll get to 2007 probably next week when they they standardised uh, a few things, numbers particularly. But uh, over this period, the early 2000s, let's call it, you've got, uh, like Nike, for example, used a particular font called Helvetica Condensed for their numbers. And so their numbers look, you know, a fair bit different to what the other club's numbers, you know, Essendon, Collingwood, Geelong, etc. They would have looked fairly different to what the Carlton, Port and North Melbourne jumpers look like because they were all made by Nike. Uh, other clubs use the impact font, which is similar but different. So, yeah, everybody's sort of um, allowed to express themselves, let's call it. You know, they've mm. all got their own little way of creating themselves a little bit differently. Uh, I guess another thing like that is the construction of the jumpers where, amongst other things, what I call a neck bar, it's that piece of material that that goes at the bottom of the collar it's just, that's where, you know, if you get into an argument, if you want to get, you know, someone's going to jumper punch you, they'll basically grab you by that piece of your jumper and start throwing it around and, you know, accidentally punching you in the face, so forth. And so so what uh, manufacturers would do is they would, um, you know, do something to highlight that, even though it was really there for structural reasons. You know, they might put the Russell Athletic logo on there or the Nike logo on there, or they might make that a different colour to the rest of the collar and so forth. So it was just ways of uh, differentiating each of the, you know, jumpers and the look of them all. Mm-hmm. So, Talk, yeah. Talking about, like, the differentiators, I guess one is a, a big differentiator, obviously, is the sponsorships on the jumpers. What about that in the period? Was there any sort of, yeah, overlaps or weird sponsors going on at the time? Well, I think the, well, the, the two that, probably come to mind is the lack of sponsors. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Bulldogs, for example, 2002. Uh, well, first, go back a step. They thought they would get get Mazda as a sponsor. That would have been nice for them. Uh, but this was the end of 98 and the beginning of 99. Uh, so what happened was then North had just finished their sponsorship. So they, um, they however, it transpired, they ended up getting the Mazda sponsorship and realistically this, there was a little break there, for, I think for a little while there might have been a break or maybe it continued. But either way, they're still North Melbourne sponsors today. So North and Mazda have been going for a while now. Yeah, but they're like associated together in your head. Yeah, exactly. It was always, it was almost the Bulldogs and Mazda, but then North were the reigning premiers. They thought they'd get more exposure. They ended up going with them. So the Bulldogs got less money from Vodafone and then that only lasted for three seasons. And then in 2002, they went into the season without a major sponsor. And so what they did was they then said, well, this is how much money we want to get from sponsorship, divided that by 22 and then said, 
take a week, you know. <laughs> you have week <laughs> one, you have week three, you have week seven, and so on and so on. Bizarre. And so they just had a whole bunch of different sponsors throughout that season. And, um, yeah, each week, well, not, I might say each week they had a different sponsor, but they had uh, they had Bartercard and Clayton's Kitchens in the pre-season. They had Bob Jane T-Marts. Mazda actually did sponsor a couple of weeks. They had uh, Bartercard through the season, Yellow Pages, Australian Unity, BenQ Computers, Lawson Lodge, which sounds just like a hotel, uh, WorkSafe, <laughs> and Burbank Homes. So, you know, Gee, they had all is. these different, you know, one, one, one every week. <laughs> Each <laughs> week there was a different, um, there seemed to be a different sponsor. So and some of them were yeah, multiple weeks. Yeah, it is right. a bit weird. Um, oh, I should also say Lease Plan was another one. And then Lease Plan took over and were their sponsors for, uh, well, I guess right up until 2008. And then now they've got their current sponsors. So, so that's what happened with the Bulldogs. They didn't have a sponsor at all for that season, but they just flipped it over. A couple of years later, Carlton, uh, they signed up with Toshiba. And the idea was that they were going to do like what, I guess like what a lot of sponsorships are now, where one club will sponsor, sorry, one company will sponsor the home jumper, like Essendon, it's um, Fujitsu Air Conditions. And then another company will sponsor the away jumper. So it's Amart, you know, furniture and stuff. So what Carlton did was they signed up one of these companies, which was Toshiba Home Theatre, but nobody else wanted to join up for the other one. <laughs> so eventually they ended up getting same sort of deal. They ended up getting different companies sponsoring them in different weeks. So like uh, Notebooks Are Us, Lavazza, uh, West Coast Industrial Supplies, AGL. So they had a few different sponsors over the journey as well. Um, I think Optus, yes, Optus, who ended up being their major sponsor in 05, or one of their sponsors, um, co-sponsors, they were also part of that deal. Yeah. So it was, um, yeah, it was it, like there wasn't the money in the sponsorships that some of these clubs thought that they were going to get. Mm -hmm. So have Mazda, Mazda been with North Melbourne throughout, like, since this period we're talking about? Yeah. That's yeah, crazy. Definitely. Is that is that kind yeah. of the oldest one at the moment? I mean, I was probably throwing, throwing no. you under the bus a bit, but no, no. What's, is, what's the most no, sort right. of, uh, yeah, what's, like, the longest relationship between a sponsor yeah. and a club? Uh, that's Geelong. And of so course, Ford. Geelong, exactly, yeah. So Geelong have been Ford sponsors, they, they started out uh, for the end of 1977, from rounds 15 to 22 of 77. They were their sponsors. They then actually said, that'll do us. We don't want to be sponsors. But by round 10 of 78, uh, they were back in again. And basically, it's, it's unbroken from round 10 of 1978 right up until today that Ford have been Geelong's only sponsor. And then um, the back of their jumper, the only thing it's ever had on the back of their jumper is a Ford logo until round 20, 2022. And that's when they had a Ford brand, which was the Everest SUV. And so now the back of the Geelong jumper says Ford Everest. Mm. And 
but it's still four. Obviously. Yeah. But yeah, so from 1978 really, but unbroken from 78, but um, they started in 77. Yeah. Which Gee, is a fair long. one. Gee, it's long. <laughs> to have just the one sponsor. It I really know, is. I know. Just like, yeah, yeah, a club and a sponsor to go that long. It's just crazy. They're like Mazda yeah. and well, North feels really long as well. And it's like, yeah, heavily associated. The well, Zoom, the Zoom, one. Zoom and the Kangaroos. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, well it is a long time. Uh, the other one that's actually longer than that is the Crows. Adelaide's first sponsor was Toyota Camry. And... Or the, you know they've sort of changed the Camry logo over the journey, uh, but 2011 was the last year they were specifically Toyota Camry, and since 2012 it's just been Toyota. Mm. But they've been the Crow sponsor since day one, and uh, they're also unchanged. Uh, the back sponsorship has changed a little bit in that. Um, it was Toyota or Camry, hybrid Camry and all those sorts of things. Different um, Hilux was one for a year. But that was all the way up to the end of 2018. And then they've had different sponsors since then, Optus and now Hungry Jacks. But uh, so, yeah, Adelaide and Toyota have been a really strong combination over that journey as well. Mm, bit of a trend with cars, I guess. Well, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, Maybe that's the deal. Get your car. <laughs> yeah, get a car. Stick deal. with them. Um, yeah. yeah. They're just they don't yeah. set and forget. Um, Although there's been a few others, like Carlton have had Hyundai. Um, yeah. Essendon had Kia for a little while there. Uh, there's been a few different car companies yeah. that have jumped on. Master, uh, Melbourne have got um, Jaguar on their away jumpers. Oh, yeah. Sorry, on the back of their jumpers. The Bulldogs have um, Mercedes for a bit as well. Or Mercedes, like SUV. Yeah, or something. that's Mercedes too. Yeah, yeah that's right. Uh, well, the Vans, actually. Yeah. They had, right. um, they had the... Uh, I think originally it just said Mercedes-Benz Vans. And then the next couple of years, it was actually X Class, which is yeah, the, I think that's the, the top. like the trucks. I thing. think Th- that's it. Yeah, yeah, that's wrong. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that was that was two or three years that the three yeah. years that they had that. Um, uh, the jo- uh, yeah, the Giants. They had a car company. Um, Skoda. Oh, gee. They had Skoda for their first season. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, they did. Think on their home jumpers, actually. Yeah. So. Yeah, so a few have dabbled with the car companies over the years, but um, nobody's sort of had the long run like Ford have had. Um, mm. North have had with Mazda and Adelaide have had with Toyota. Yeah, just talking still on the sponsors, I want to just bring up the um, that St Kilda Pure Light one again. Do you think that the, something as a dramatic change as going from red and black and white to bright yellow is going to happen again sort of anytime soon based on the, the branding of the sponsorship? <sighs> No, and I, I think the reason for that is it's not. I don't know that the clubs necessarily got a huge amount of money from those one-off sponsorships, and um, well, I guess the the AFL research and you know because the AFL do a fair bit of this, they go through and they work out uh, what is it that people are buying, and let's give them more of that. What is it that people want? Like most recently, they found. Um, there's a whole heritage range or a retro range. And so now they're going to come out with um, tops like jackets or tracksuit tops or something similar that look like the 80s and 90s designs. 
and you know they'll sell them for reasonable coin uh but they'll have the old school vfl logo on them and and it'll be you know it'll look like your old school 90s sort of um merchandise so it's what well, so yeah the point of all of that is the things that supporters are really interested in buying is things in club colors and realistically that's why generally clash jumpers are in club, club colors even though it doesn't necessarily resolve the clash because realistically the you know the clash jumpers are it's more important to the afl to have a retail product than it is to have a, an actual resolution of the clash it would appear yeah um you know an argument against that is you'd say well brisbane usually have a white clash jumper um but then teams like gws don't um you know i mean gold coach they're clash jumpers bright blue well maybe it resolves the clash well enough that that's you know that works um you know Teams like West Coast, who have had away jumpers that were white, they've only lasted a couple of years and then they've ditched them because they're generally not as successful because they're not seen as a West Coast product because West Coast wear blue and, blue and gold. Um, whether it's navy blue or royal blue, um, they're blue and gold and that's it. Uh, St Kilda are red, white and black. And so to have a yellow version of that, it would really need to be uh probably a unique color and then a unique color that they continue wearing on a regular basis you know it's a bit like they say like with the the argument is you know like the premier league teams and stuff like that mm. um like to say i'm trying to think of an example like arsenal for example arsenal were red with white sleeves when they play teams who are red they have an away strip and the away strip is either white blue or uh, yellow and navy blue. And so, and they alternate those, but they've traditionally been the away strip colours. And it's sort of like you go, well, that's a yellow Arsenal shirt. I get that because they've been wearing yellow away shirts since the 1970s because they've been playing teams in red. They have to. Yeah. Um, whereas, whereas we in Aussie rules... They don't have that mentality almost, you know. It's not like there's no way Essendon are going to wear a lime green jumper. Yeah. It would resolve the clash. They don't look like Carlton or Melbourne or any of those, <laughs> but they're, they're just not going to do it unless Essendon say, you know what, we're going to wear lime green. Here it is and get used to it. We're going to change the design every two years and it's going to be a clash jumper and that's it. Yeah. And so if they do it, they do it. Chances are they won't. And because it it's not going to pay for itself, you know, it's it's going to have to be somebody that decides, commits to doing it over a long period. Mm. And generally people aren't around footy clubs long enough to do something for a long period. You know, they do what's... Um, and, and realistically, the reason they don't is because if they do something that's unpopular, they get voted out and they never see them again. Yeah. So people that run footy clubs want to stay in the footy club, funnily enough. And if they do something unpopular, which is, you know, like Carlton, they bitched about their white clash jumpers for years. Yeah. And they say, oh, well, we'll give you a white blue one. Well, we hate that too. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, that's <laughs> right. That's right. Yeah, I was just thinking because, like, 
especially like the newer two teams, like like Gold Coast. I think, like you said as well, like it stands out a lot more when, for example, like Essendon wearing red and black. For them to change up and wear, you know, green, it'd look insane considering the history. But whether the newer clubs, yeah. there's less sort of history and pedigree. I was just wondering, you know, if you get some sort of company in, oh, like let's say, let's say V, the energy drink, comes in and all of a sudden Gold Coast wears a lime green jumper. There's no reason why they couldn't. And realistically, uh, although, I mean, I don't know how many supporters of Gold Coast Suns actually have <laughs> who's buying the merchandise, but realistically, what's the purpose of, of um, making them wear a clash jumper? It's to stop them looking like the Brisbane Lions, the Sydney Swans, and I think that's who that's the only teams they're actually listed as clashing against. So it's to stop them clashing against those. Well... A, a jumper in club colours is just as successful. Uh, I'd say probably um, GWS might be a, a better example, but then they've got that charcoal jumper that they wear against the Swans. And realistically, if a club if they're playing against a team that's too red, well, they just wear their charcoal jumpers and then they don't look like them. Uh, so I think they've generally resolved them although like Melbourne wore the Royal Blue Clash Jumper against Fremantle who wear purple and it's not that greater um, contrast, you know. So it works against Essendon, it works against probably Carlton. Like it, it, it doesn't look, you know, dark blue. It doesn't, yeah. certainly doesn't look black, but it sort of does look a bit purple. Mm-hmm. So, Talking so about that... That Melbourne jumper, just a little side thought. But um, were yeah. they wearing a lighter shade of blue? And then, because I've noticed just over oh, the over the time, I remember sort of the early two thousands, there was a difference in the blues, especially yeah, the blues that they use on the jumper. Yeah, so what's, what's the, yeah that, was, that's there right. was just one year. Yeah, so in two thousand four, uh, they decided that they were going to wear. Now, this is before two thousand seven, which is when the AFL actually changed their policy. So their, um, their rule at this point was whoever uh, changed their jumper last, effectively, whoever you know, had the most recent change, which was more than likely Melbourne because they'd adopted navy blue jumpers for the second time in 1987. So when they play against a, a team with a dark jumper, uh, it's up to them to provide a solution for the clash. And so this was becoming more and more of an issue in the, the 2000s. And in 2004, they decided to lighten the shade of blue that they use. It's not quite the royal blue that they use today. It was somewhere in between the royal blue and the navy blue, where you could still probably call it navy blue, but it was a fair degree lighter. And the idea was that they could still wear that jumper against Essendon and Carlton with white shorts, red socks, everything would be good. But then when they came to actually play Essendon and Carlton in that season, uh, they ended up wearing their pre-season red jumpers with the demon head on the side. So I don't know whether that was an AFL directive. Usually the AFL decide what uniforms clubs wear but um yeah they advised them they told them that they had to wear a clash jumper for that game or those games uh 
well, what seems to be a popular topic of conversation. Essendon beat them in the finals in 2004, Essendon's last win in the final. And <laughs> uh, in that game, Melbourne were wearing their home jumpers. Essendon just rocked up in their regular Essendon jumpers. And, I mean, everybody seemed to know each other. <laughs> they mm. didn't seem to be giving the ball to their opposition. Um, yeah, so that, that happened as well. But, yeah, so it was just the one year, uh, 2005, they actually just went back to the the regular shade of navy blue. That's, a, I guess, a standard printing colour. Um, but then they, well, a few years later, they actually tried to change their image, change their logo, change a few different things, and they actually darkened the navy blue and the red. Uh, but that's a topic for another podcast. So, yeah. Yeah. I think... so, that sort of ties it up nicely from uh, 2004 because, yeah, we'll go we'll go through 05 to 09, I think, on the next one. I think um, one thing that was sort of also going on at the time, which we haven't jumped into, was the Heritage Rounds. So I think we'll, we'll cover oh, – I think that began in 03, is that right? It did, yes. So, uh, it, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's sort of technically 1996 they had a round of – the 100-year celebration. But 2003 was the first year where they said, right, everybody, we're going to do a heritage round. Um, not everybody took part, but that's uh, <laughs> that's a different... Well, you know what? It's a topic for the next podcast. We'll yeah. start off the next podcast uh, with heritage round. And um, because heritage round was 03 and 04, but it was also 05, 06, and sort of 07. Yeah, nice. Well, we'll get to that one on the next one. So, as always, we'll have links for all these jumpers we've been talking through because, yeah, there's some absolute beauties here. As we've mentioned, the West Coast and the St Kilda Pure Light, some great ones you guys should definitely check out. So, we'll have links for that on the website. uh, Yes, we'll have links for that. We'll have the map West Australia. Yeah. We'll have, um, yeah, just, um, oh, look, realistically, I'll, we've got the, uh, I'll put up the Bulldogs and Carlton sponsors of uh, 02 and 04, respectively. And so you can have a look at all the different logos that we've worn. Uh, of course, all of these are also available in the uniforms pages. Uh, so if you like, you can click on each season and then go round by round, team by team, and see which uniforms each of the clubs wore, which includes all of the uh, sponsor logos and all of the other gear, everything that was involved in the uh, uniforms. Awesome. All righty. Well, and for now, we'll uh, wrap up and we'll catch you on the next one. So thanks very yeah, much thanks for tuning guys. in, guys. We'll, we'll catch talk you next, to you again time. next time. See ya. See ya.